Welcome to Two Gals in a Glass Half Full. We are Dr. Jess and Dr. Bobby, two physical therapists just trying to live healthy most of the time. Moderation is key. And doing the best to see our personal glasses as half full. Some days, that is much harder than others. So to this month, we're talking about gifts. And we just did last episode, kind of all gifts for like uh, the adults in your life. And so now we're moving on to the little kiddos and super excited about this. So Dr. Jess, first, before we uh, share our gift ideas, what's in your glass? So in my glass, I have some chamomile tea and I have put in some local honey into that just to kind of help make sure I keep my allergies a little bit at bay and um, it just makes it taste a little bit better as well. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, so Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? So I have, I'm super excited. I have my cup back. Um, I left this cup in Dallas at one of my trainings like six weeks ago and um, I finally got it back, but it is just water. I like it. Staying nice and hydrated. That's super important. And when it's cold out, sometimes we forget that we still need to stay hydrated, which is nice. Right. Yeah. Yes. Ah, ah. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, today um, we have, uh, we are going to start with the little ones, the toddlers. So the one and the three-year-olds um, and just some gift ideas that we have for them. So to start, you know, we want to go still live kind of that more toxin-free life. Not everything's going to be perfect, um, but we want to start with that. So the first thing we have is this awesome little puzzle, but it's made of silicone toys. Um, so it's, there's no plastic in it, which is always a positive. Um, and I think it just makes it easy for kids to kind of hold on to. I love it. And you know, the kids are always going to be putting whatever it is in their mouth, especially if they're little. So having it be uh, non-toxic is important. Uh, so, yeah. and the, the silicone is just great because they can hold it and it doesn't drop super easily. Um, so super easy. Fun shapes, fun colors too, natural looking colors, which I like. Um, so that's the first one. And then moving to the next one, Dr. Jess, you could tell us a little about, about crayons with little ones. Yeah. Again, the same thing when kiddos want to put things in their mouth because they can, and it's colorful and it might taste good. Um, using a, a device that is like toxin free is also really nice. So these are made with, uh, beeswax or honey. And, um, it's a great way to be able to like Kind of have a little bit of fun, but I'll be saying safe. Yeah. These are the ones. And they we... look like they're a little bit bigger to make it easier for kids to hold in their hands, which is nice, especially for the younger ones. Yeah. Yeah. Once they get older, they typically don't chew on things. So like this is great for when they're real little and just first starting learning how to color and even just like like make those lines with their hands. That's important cause and effect. Our next suggestion for little ones um is a sit and spin I don't know about you Dr. Jess I remember having this as a kid I remember being like eight nine ten and still sitting on this thing and maybe a little too big for it but man it was like the best toy ever yeah the like when they're real little I mean they kind of just like crawling around and it, you know they don't necessarily do a whole lot with this uh but it is really quite fun because like you said it's something that they can actually like grow with like you know, we have a two and a half year old and he sits on it and plays, but then our five-year-old sometimes will sit and play on it. Uh, so like you get good use out of something like this long duration. And one thing from a physical therapy perspective, I love about it. It's just like, 
anything we can do to develop these kids coordination, their vestibular system, which is kind of their balance and located inside their ear. Um, these toys are all great for that. Um, and things we kind of end up stop doing as adults. <laughs> right. I know sometimes I watch them. I'm like, Oh geez, uh, they're right. fine. Like they don't get sick or anything. Um, nope. yeah, that's crazy. And, and they'll even like stand on it and not fall. <laughs> Because like right. they've like they've had it around for so long that they're just like used to it. Yeah. Yeah. So great toy. I mean yeah. honestly like it's like a relatively decent price too. Some toys these days, I feel like you're spending sixty, seventy dollars for one toy. Right. Right, right. Um so moving to the next one is um bath time. We I what kid doesn't love toys? And especially toys in the bathtub and playing. So these are awesome because they are mold-free and there's no holes in them. So water can't get inside of them and then squeeze them from there. And they have a bunch of different, um, they have Christmas theme, they have elephants. So there's a bunch of different um, sets that you could get. And again, reasonably priced. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard some pretty bad stories of those ones that get the water inside and then it, you can't clean the inside of it. Um, so like you definitely stuff can grow, which you don't want that in the bath with your little one. Especially if they squeeze, I mean, they're going to squeeze it and spray them and everything. So. Yeah. And then last but not least for the little ones, we have, um, one of our favorite companies. Um, if they have like a little, a little brand. Um, so they have a three in one bath bar and they have a super serum. So the bath time bar is like for cleaning. Um, it's, super gentle on their skin, um, all organic. And then the serum is like a moisturizer. So it's like your oil, but it's not going to be oily on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to like keep little one's skin replenished, uh, because like it, you know, you just want to make sure that everything's hydrated just like it is on your skin. So it's, I don't know, sometimes we don't think about like replenishing once we wash. Um, so mm -hmm. even the little ones should replenish. So that's kind of um, some good ideas for little ones. So moving on, um, we are going to look, well, we'll start over here. We're going to look for kind of play. So, you know, as we're starting to get past the toddler stage, again, toddlers still can use these. They're great. Um, but Dr. Jess, I know you, I believe you have like a whole kitchen set over there, right? Oh, yeah. No, we actually like we've got, you know, the whole like play kitchen and then we've got the food and um, like everything you might need to interact with the kitchen so that make believe play can come out. Uh, so, you know, the Lego table will put a, um, you know, like a tablecloth on it and that'll be the restaurants and they'll cook and um, I get served all sorts of delicious meals with felt food. <laughs> um, it is fantastic. Uh, you got, you know, the apron, the hat. I mean, it's the whole nine yards. And it's fun because like when friends come over, then they're all like in there, like in the kitchen, making all sorts of fun, inviting, delicious <laughs> recipes. Um, yeah. So creative sometimes, I would guess. Very creative. Uh, you, I mean, we get all sorts of all sorts of different wonderful treats. Um, again, imagination. So anything where like you can really encourage like open free play 
and uh, letting their, letting, you know, what are their interests? Is it going to be like, maybe one day they would be a chef. Maybe one day they would be more on their artistic side. Who knows? But like, just being able to like, not have a closed ended game. Um, Open ended is, is really quite fun. And these are, they're felt. And so it's not, um, you know, there's no paint that's going to rub off or, you know, anything like that. It doesn't take up a lot of space. These, you know, fits really easily into a drawer. Um, I, my, our playroom, everything has to have a home, <laughs> so that way you can put it away when you're done. <laughs> I would think um, also with the felt, because I honestly have, I honestly have not had the felt food before. I've seen like more plastic. Mm -hmm. um, I do know there's also silicone out there for those that are interested in that. But I, with the felt, it almost seems like it would stick together better. So when they're making like a sandwich or things mm -hmm. like that, like it's a little bit more sticky than just the plastic or the silicone. Yeah. And it doesn't like fall apart when you put it together. So some of like, like if you have like the plastic things, you're like, I can't really, you know, they just sit it next to each other versus like mm -hmm. building it, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah so fun. with that, you had mentioned the apron. So we picked out um, a really cute apron. Um, this one has little cats on it. Um, but it's a fun for them uh, to kind of make believe more and play more. You get to really dress up as the role. Exactly. Like any sort of dress up bin should have like all sorts of creative type things that I mean you could have superheroes and all of that uh, but there's also like things like this aprons you could have scarves in there you could have hats um, you know doctor's coats you know like anything I mean even just going to a, a consignment shop and, and buying stuff and creating a dress-up bin is a great way to encourage open play and let that creativity run wild. And then the last part to kind of go with that cooking thing, um, we had we picked out some stainless steel pretend play. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you know, trying to get rid of that plastic, you notice this is stainless steel and wood um, for the spatula. But um, and it's kind of it's more like things they actually see in their parent, you know, when you're cooking. So it mm -hmm. feels a little bit more real. It does. Yeah, I, I will. The one bit of caution I will give you is that. If these drop on a tile floor, it just is loud. Uh, so like um, our, our playroom is not full tile. Um, so like it's, we use these in the playroom, but sometimes they've made their way into the real kitchen and then drop on the tile floor and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so you want a little like rubber play mat underneath this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but otherwise it's, it's very fun. And we'll even do the whole, like, be careful. It's hot. Only hold the handle. They're like, oh Yes. Be very careful, like, <laughs> just to encourage, like, awareness around pots and pans and, and whatnot. Right. Be part of the yeah. imagination. Yeah. Um, so moving on from there, um, the other thing we kind of talked a lot about was games and board games for kids. So looking at, I mean, Candyland. Candyland was always, like, a big favorite I still have that today I still play with it with kids today on it mm -hmm. um I don't know about you Dr. Jeff we play Candyland in our house on a very regular basis like it's like there's not a lot of pieces like the ones that have just like five million pieces oh, something always gets lost someone's stepping on it um mm -hmm. so usually like things that aren't quite so PC can be depending on the age you know um connect yeah. for solid I mean, that's like, it doesn't matter. I mean, as long as they're old enough to be able to pick it up and drop it in and they have that amount of motor control, they can play Connect Four. Even if they're not like getting it all in the line, they're still working on taking turns, 
alternating, maybe making a pattern instead of like trying to actually connect four. And then as they get older, they'll learn how to connect four. So it's a really good interactive game that we've been, we've had since, you know, our oldest was two, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love um, Simon says, like just memory, working on the memory and kind of following directions for kids and teaching Mm -hmm. them like order as well, you know, because I'm going through that. So I, I mean, gosh, I even played it as like a teenager too, you know, while we're sitting around car trips, which is great. You know, some of these, games you can take in the car instead of watching tv like let them play games mm-hmm. yeah. and so the other one I was going to say I loved was don't spill the beans and this one does have little pieces so you do have to be a little bit careful with that but oh my goodness I remember we had that game it was just so much fun um when the, it's like basically you put stuff on top and the last person to put something on that causes the beans to fall over you lose so just learning to kind of stack things nicely figure out a little bit of physics in there in the in the game so fun with that one fun fun and then as we move to the next one um I know when we were planning this Dr. Jess you were talking about the differences with the cash registers so tell us a little bit about what you would recommend for different ages or what you're thinking yeah so with cash registers I like the cash register because we keep it in what like in the area of the kitchen. So if somebody wants to go grocery shopping, then somebody else can be the one that takes the money. Again, it's just more like interactive type play. Uh, something to be mindful of or like the size of the pieces, depending on the age of the little ones that you have in your house. So like the, the one that's red and blue, the cash register does have like some small coins that may be a little bit too small if there's a baby around. So just be mindful of that. The other one has much larger coins, which would be harder to choke on. Uh, And then it just kind of depends again on like, where are the kids with their like development of being able to count money? If you really want to work on, I mean, that's a skill is counting cash. Mm -hmm. And so this is a great way to work on that skill while it feels like play. Um, If they're not old enough to really understand the difference between counting, you know, 25 cents versus 10 cents, five cents versus a penny. uh, If you don't want that level of complication, then get one that's not that complicated. Uh, at this point, they all have some sort of credit card processing ability in, in their play, um, which, you know, is kind of typical in how we go shopping. Um, so there's that. Um, so there's a lot of different ones that, you know, you could go through here. Um, I believe just Dr. Just said you have the red one, correct? Here, I'm going to, I'm going to pause. All right, so moving on to the next one, um, we are gonna do, so again, talking about that uh, that play, that make-believe, like letting them use their imagination. What kid doesn't love a doctor's kid? I remember, I remember playing it all the time as a kid myself, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we've got, and again, this is part of that like, like dressing up, being part of this role that you're in. Uh, it's it's all very fun. And it helps to desensitize kids to it being scary to go to the doctor. So like giving a shot to somebody else, um, having somebody listen to their, you know, heart rate or breathing with the make-believe stethoscope. Um, I know both of our little ones, they, they were so afraid of that stethoscope. They were like, get away from me, you know? So like the more you can say like, 
listen, like you can listen to me breathe or listen to my heart. So it's a way to like play and have fun, but also desensitize uh, to make less stress later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, what I love about all of, most of all of these gifts like, that we're suggesting is it's, it's stuff that they can play on their own with their friends, but then it's also stuff they can play with you, mm-hmm. um, you know, or different adults and, you know, things like that. So it really does get all the ages involved. Right. Absolutely. And I don't know about you because I don't have kids. So um, make believe and pretend when I'm around kids, they're doing that. I'm like, uh, what do I do? So it's like kind of good for me too, because I have to learn how to be a kid again in some ways. It's so fun just to like, you know, be silly and, um, you know, play. And you kind of, <laughs> you stop doing that. Yeah. I like that. And it is true. Like I see my friends that all have kids and they're all like, oh yeah. And they're so good. And I'm sitting here being like, uh what do I say what do I do (laughs) I usually say just let them guide you they'll tell you exactly how to play (laughs) (laughs) here come this way (laughs) yeah um so our last group of suggestions no this is not our last group our second to last so this one is looking at um just like educational so play but also that's going to teach them something um, so the first one we're looking at is building blocks for toys. Um, Dr. Jess, do you have these? Oh, sorry. Um, so I know like there's lots of different building blocks. Um, I know as a kid, like there's Legos. I also had like, um, oh my goodness, it's like log cabin. So like log build a block. Um, but these ones, these ones are plastic, which is obviously not our favorite, but you, sometimes you can't get away from everything plastic. Um, reason, but it just yeah. allows them to... They, they are plastic. However, pipe toys, I, I don't, I don't know why, but like, these are the favorite, like of like, I mean, like all the kids, there's like Legos and magnet blocks and, you know, all these, I mean, tons of different, like erector set type things but these ones i think here's my guess is that you can you can build anything from like a car to a um a robot to a um like a seesaw it it's like it's open-ended where you don't have to build a structure or a um um building or you know like some like some of them are like a little bit more um, close ended with with what you can build mm-hmm. um, so that's what yeah. makes these ones like these are just like uh, have been a hot favorite with like our kids like cousins friends like they love them pipe toys and again I feel like it can be for so many ages you know yeah. from little ones just trying to get them put them together to older kids like really creating right fun displays and stuff yep yep so one thing that's really big in our world is coding. Um, this is something like, I don't know anything about it. It's like, but you hear all this stuff. So um, if you have one for the boys, I should ask that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's a thing. Speak a yeah. Uh, and like, there's all sorts of different levels. And so essentially, like, you can start with something like super basic where like, 
you know, it's like, like this one is a very, um, very easy, basic one. And then they get mm-hmm. more complicated for the older kids. Like we just got our, our nephew one that's more appropriate for like that eight to 10 year old. And they like, they get to construct a robot like car. So it's like cool. Cause you can construct the robot car and then you can code how it moves. And it's like, you can do it on a tablet, a computer or on a phone. So it's, you know, so there's just varying levels of coding related games. And it's just a great way to like expose them to this kind of technology. Cause it might be something that they're like, eh, they play with a little bit and don't like it. Or it could be something that where they like absolutely love it. Uh, so the way that I think you can really explore kids' interest is by through play to see where they really take off and show a ton of interest or don't. Um, either is fine. Nobody has to like have only one, you know, only play in the kitchen, only play as a doctor, only play outside, only play with coding. I mean, having all sorts of varying options will really diversify um, their skill set and what they're exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, another part of like education is also like reading. We all know reading is so important for kids and there's so many, so many great books out there. Um, what we wanted to talk about is like mindfulness or books that teach kids how to express emotions, how to know what being angry is, know what being upset is, know what being happy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know you have some of these types of books, uh, Dr. Joss, that you use with Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like we actually have a, a number of different ones. A lot of our books are more like this. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's kind of trying to explore like different types of emotions or um we've got one that's like you know about anxiety and it's like it's the first day of school and you know different um scenarios happen Mm -hmm. and then the you know the characters in the story are working their way through um you know just how to how to get through that anxiety of something that's coming up that you haven't done before it's your very first day of going to school it's your very first day of whatever it might be uh what can we do about that through play, through story, so that it doesn't feel like, okay, today, children, we're going to talk about mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that doesn't work very well. Um, and then other ones are like, uh, might be like more based on yoga and breath, and it might be based on, um, uh, you know, specific movements that they can do, which is helpful. Um, so um, like any type of book that has typically, you know, good reviews, um, and sometimes you can kind of see a little bit about the book, or if you go to a bookstore, obviously you can like actually check it out. Um, it it's it can be kind of fun. So if you're kind of building a collection for somebody, like that's one of the things I used to do for my nephews, um, is they would always get a new book each year with their gift. So, and then one um one thing that I also um. I know a someone that does books for like um, different disabilities or different like inclusion to kind of just teach kids about all the different types of people that are out there. Um, so that way it's um, not only if a child has, for example, an amputation or wears glasses or is in a wheelchair, right. um, not only do they have something to connect to, but then also a, a another child has something to look to and be like oh I remember that in the book they were just like me you know like they mm-hmm. had a really cool scooter you know like you know different things like that to teach them about that yeah absolutely 
And then this one, I don't have kids and I know this is big. I have been to like the children's museum with my friends, my best friends with two little girls and I see them all over these magnets. They will build for hours. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like the amount of creation that can occur is like really crazy. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think we probably got our first set around the age of three I think is about when we started with magnet tiles and uh it was incredible I was like blown away I'm like wait you made that by yourself (laughs) (laughs) because they they stick together easily they're large pieces so they like they can manipulate them in their hands easily versus like some of the other things are smaller they're harder to manipulate when you're putting things together if 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 you don't get it right the first second or third try they're usually like Meh, they throw it and they run away they play with something else but these ones they manipulate like much easier so you can play with them at a younger age so yeah and then last but not least in like education is I always so when I look at getting my best friend her two little girls Christmas presents I always try to give them something fun but something that's going to teach them some uh, like you know teach them as well mm-hmm. and so I got them a science kit last year and once they loved it you know so I think there's so many different ones out there this one is just electric motors so you can find ways to create a vacuum cleaner or a massager or hit the brakes you know just teaching them about electronics um and like electric motors and they get to build all of it which is really cool yeah, I think the the interaction with building things and getting the output of like, wow, I was capable of doing that. Like, that's really, really cool and fun. Um, so like you could, um, you know, you could sit and do something kind of static, but like this dynamic activity with the output is awesome. Yeah. So those are just some ideas for education. Um, and then we're going to move on to the last one of probably my favorite um, is just fun outdoor stuff. Um, I feel like letting kids just play outdoors with their imagination, especially here up north. You know, I think it's super important in summer because we don't have the nice warm weather year round. Um, so there's many months where we're not outdoors. Or if you are, you're all bundled up in a suit. Um, so one of the things I love is this ninja. And the reason I love it is it comes from, from a sports background, comes from a, a physical therapy background. Is It gives them so much. It gives them coordination. It gives them upper body strength, which a lot of kids, um, a lot of adults, you know, we're missing. Um, it gives them, teaches them balance. Um, and also, like, gives them a little bit of, like, try, like, go for it. Like, it's safe, you know, like because um, can't. you can put it however high you want, but also it can still be a little scary. So Mason, maybe go outside their comfort zone a little bit. Okay, so um, with that, what I also kind of love, and you can set it up where like maybe they have to climb up is these little for tree climbing. And it comes with ropes, so you can make it harder, easier. You can put as many as you want on. But sometimes they can then climb up to get to the ninja part. Um, so, again, encouraging outdoor play. Yeah, like you don't have to have a tree that's like small enough that they could climb on. You could put these rock holds onto trees that are like tall, like this one. And then that way it, you know, it makes it more accessible and actually a little bit safer for tree climbing. 
so they're not trying to like get up into pretty high branches I remember as a kid we got into some trees that probably weren't the best to be uh, climbing into <laughs> I will say make sure you don't put it up tall enough where they can get up to like the height that you don't want them to be absolutely mm-hmm yeah. Um, and so with that is another outdoor activity is um, soccer, like just learning to kick a ball, shoot for a goal. Um, I think it has great coordination a great. Um, I know I'm terrible when it comes to sports that involve a, a ball. Um, my coordination hand eye is terrible. All right. Um. So next up is we have soccer goals. I think, um, man, I wish I was better. I had better hand-eye coordination when it comes to sports that involve balls because I'm terrible. Um, I did gymnastics, so need my own body, great. But when it comes to other things, not so great. But um, so, Dr. Jeff, tell us a little bit about what you think about soccer goals. Well, I like these ones because they're collapsible. So if you don't have enough space in your yard to play, you can fold them up into this bag. You can pop them into a stroller, pop into the back of the car and bring them out to a park, bring them out to the beach. And it's a it's just kind of a good way to have that like accessibility of playing elsewhere and not just in your yard. Um, And then the other thing is storage wise if you don't want them up in the yard all the time because you have to mow and weed eat and everything else same thing you collapse them right back down and then put them away and only bring them out when you want to play with them so these are the ones that we have and it it makes it so I, i i don't love where the toys are like all scattered out and they don't again have a home or they like take up a lot of space uh so um this way we can kind of put them back where they need to go take them out when we want to play and um the lawnmower doesn't run over them. And as I say, there's different sizes. So kids of different ages, you know, you can get, you know, different ones. Yep. All right. Then we have Strider bikes, um, which are so great for little ones to teach them how to ride a two-wheel bike. Um, And one thing I learned was there are different progressions. So you have like the four-wheel, you have the two-wheel, and then go from there. Mm-hmm. And then you, oh. I, and then the three wheels kind of in between, and some of them will convert from four to to three to two. Some won't. Uh, it just kind of depends on the size of the child and uh, you know what their strength level is. You know, like the bigger ones do require a little bit more strength because they need more stability. The ones on mm-hmm. four wheels, they're more learning how to, you know, reciprocate the legs on the seat. So that's kind of a the first step that happens. Then once they can actually like hold their balance a little bit, then you get that two-wheeled one. And it's a great way to be able to, again, start with a fun way of strength, coordination, balance. As physical therapists, this is all kind of like how our brains work. <laughs> and and it's a fun family thing they can then participate in instead yep. of being a passive um, passenger in a, which still sometimes is great to be a passive passenger behind a bike or on a bike. Mm-hmm. this they get to you know when you do those short little ones they can go with and feel like oh I got it exactly yeah great for confidence um <clears throat> so we have I love that these things are still around I had them when I was a kid mm-hmm. um and I love I play with them with my like best friend with her two girls so fun um and it makes catching a little bit easier for them yeah 
it's a good precursor to being able to actually like catch a ball like in a glove or with like one hand. Uh, but that mm-hmm. that development of tracking something in space with your eyes and then having your hand meet it. Uh, that's like a it's a it's a developmental skill that's important. You know, even if you don't play baseball or tennis or anything like that uh, in the future, as an adult, you might be like, oh, I want to be on this softball league (laughs) you know like whatever maybe like you really want to be able to have your kids able to do tracking with the eyes with moving objects and coordinate motion around that footwork whatever it might be reaching to um connect with the object um and for those that are i would say for those that are maybe not watching us on youtube we're talking about like they're the velcro um like catch like paddle toss game so it is like you hold the paddle on your hand and it has velcro on there so the ball you throw the ball and you're catching the ball with with the paddle with the velcro yep yep yep. um and then um our second to last um outdoor let's go to this one first is kind of swing set i feel like that is just your general real good backdoor toy and there's so many accessories you'll see out there different types of swings, different types of play, different clubhouses, slides. There's so much variety and the price range, you know, it can go from relatively reasonable to pretty pricey. Um, yeah. And I think the important thing is just, you know, to match uh, match what your yard uh, can handle. Uh, you know, if you're in a, in a really small footprint, then, um, mm-hmm. then make it something smaller. Uh, but swinging is you know, it's a vestibular activity. Uh, it's also motor control, postural control. There's a lot that happens with coordination and the vestibular system with swinging. Yeah, so it's a really fun thing to do. Uh, again, it's interactive with the family uh, and it's developmentally appropriate uh, for kids, but even like older kids, like that you saw the, the swings where they can stand on them and go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just something for like the little ones. It's going to be something like easily into... Eight, ten. I remember playing on them and like even in high school we like mm-hmm. it was in my backyard like mm-hmm. we play on them now granted we are doing crazy things like flipping off of them and maybe doing that so that's so things that parents may not want you to do but we still played with it all the time it was always like safety when you're playing tag like you had to get the swing set right right yeah yeah classic so um mm-hmm. And then last but not least, if you're going to have the kids outside playing, I think it's really important to have a good water bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Staying hydrated, numero uno. And uh, we do the same thing with our kids as we do with um, with us, with the water bottles, as we get the ones that have the straw built in. Uh, because coordination-wise, it's just easier to have them flip that straw up. You don't have to twist the lid off, drink, put the lid back on. Mm-hmm. We know what happened with that lid. It gets lost. And then the whole drink tips over at some point <laughs> so having the straw they drink more they're independent with it and having it into you know a bottle that's you know not necessarily plastic the lid typically is plastic but um you know something like the bpa free you can still have all sorts of fun designs with that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so those are kind of overview are just our recommendations of like what we think are awesome for kids and trying to follow as much of a toxin-free lifestyle as we can um, within reason. Um, I, again, with moderation is important and is key with all things in life. Yeah. Um, and and uh, then, 
next week, Dr. Jess, what are we going into next week? So we know like Christmas is coming. So these are all things that you can get right now. Mm-hmm. But as the season comes a little bit closer and you're looking for those last minute gifts, that's what we're going to talk about next week. And Dr. Jess, you can tell us, uh, we'll go into all of the experiences. Yeah. So experiential gifts are perfect for the, uh, that last minute person that needs to just like write <laughs> something on a card, like, Hey, I owe you concert tickets or <laughs> whatever it might be. No, really. It doesn't have to be just for the last minute person. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also, you know, it's just different ways of thinking about gift giving. So it's, you know, mindfulness with um, yourself and mindfulness with gift giving. It just kind of depends on who in your life you're trying to give a gift to and in what way and why. So that's going to be the, uh, our last episode that way, for those of you that listen at the last minute before Christmas, we got you covered. (laughs) Yes. I think experiences are one of my favorites to give and to get, because I think it just, it builds memories and stuff. So it's my personal favorite. Right. Yeah. And for those people that don't need anything or they're trying to declutter or get rid of or whatever it might be, um, experiential gift giving is um, it's it's one of the things I, I love doing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so anyway, we really appreciate you staying on with us. Hopefully you found this helpful for being able to think about kids and gift giving and just different ways that you can uh, be you know, uh, fun with it but then maybe get uh, like a little bit of a result out of that as well so um, but don't forget to follow us on social media we're on facebook instagram and um, we also are uh, a little bit we'll be getting onto tiktok soon with some some good stuff so stay tuned for that we've got some good stuff coming and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> don't forget to um, think about our insiders group we have a, a a group that is a private group where we get a lot more in-depth one-on-one visit one-on-one visits with um, um, per month uh, with Dr. Bobby and I. And then we've got a portal that you log into with really good, tangible, um, easy to access information. So, and it's pretty looking too. So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>